movies by minutes. Project number five. It's Silverado this time. That's no jive. By Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote the show. Best settled up now, kids, because here we go. Howdy! And welcome back to another episode of the Silverado Minute Podcast, where each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1985 Lawrence Kasdan-directed Western Silverado. One minute of screen time per episode. I'm Dave Forsyth. And I'm Todd Lucas. We are your hosts for this week. This Tuesday, hopefully you were here yesterday and listened to us fight about something. I don't know. (laughs) uh, We're always in total agreement about the movies of the minute. The minute of the movies. Something? Okay, then. Okay. (laughs) We're from Edge of Tomorrow Minute, which does this same movies by minute treatment to the time looping movie with Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt called Edge of Tomorrow. Mm. Come find us at edgeoftomorrowminute.com. Yeah, that'll be great. We have episodes there. They're good. Yeah. All right. See you later. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh, right. Minute yes. 42. Of Silverado. Of Silverado Minute. Right. Okay. Minute two, 42 of Silverado begins with not doing that if I were you and ends with no money. No money. Yeah. Sort of a downer. So everything's very negative this minute, apparently. In the previous minute, we met Dawson. We didn't talk much about him because I I wanted to end a minute thing on a minute thing, which didn't really pay off. But <laughs> now, now I'd like to, to introduce you to, to Mr. Dawson, our actor, James Gammon. That's it. Yeah. He was previously a cameraman, but with that voice and that face, he was bound to get some time in front of the camera. And he, he certainly did. He, he's been in a lot of things like pretty much every Western TV show that you can think of from the 60s and 70s. Um, he recurred on most of the Nash Bridges episodes as Don Johnson's father, even though he's not really that much older than Don Johnson. <laughs> he was previously in Urban Cowboy with Scott Glenn. So this is a little bit of a tie in here. Right. He, he was, I think, I think he was the first one to get it in Silver Bullet. Spoiler. Sorry. <laughs> Which was based on the Stephen King book, Cycle of a Werewolf, if you remember that one, with uh, Fred Savage in the little motorized wheelchair. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Gary Busey. Yeah. Um, Werewolf Tale was pretty good. The book was good. The movie was pretty good. Gary Busey, you know, whatever. Gary Busey is Gary Busey, man. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure he was the first one to get it in that movie. And then uh, he was Lou Brown in both of the major leagues. He was the, the manager of the team, the Indians in that one. And he will forever be in my heart as Paps in Cabin Boy. Right. Yeah, I'd forgotten all about that. <laughs> I don't see how you could, but... Uh, I've only seen it once and it's been a while. Yeah. Well, come on by. We watch it uh, fortnightly here. No, not really. Wow. <laughs> I, I do own a DVD of Cabin, Cabin Boy, but... It was a mispress, so it it never played correctly, hmm. and um, I, I didn't seem to care. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I have a have a mixed uh, mixed thoughts about Chris Elliott in the first place. So I can I can understand that. <laughs> but shout out to Cabin Boy Minute. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm sure they have a mixed relationship with him now. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone does. Yeah. <laughs> so 
Anyway, the uh, the sidekick who I've been calling him throughout the last minute and into this minute is actually credited as Tall Outlaw. Tall Outlaw. He yeah. definitely is. He just kind yeah. of like looms over everything. He's he's yeah. he's Dawson's shadow. He's Roy McAdams, who, according to IMDb, only did this and then was a radio announcer on the TV show Dallas. Okay. It, it seems like it would be hard to only be in those two things and nothing else. It does. I mean, yeah. I'm willing to bet that. Was Dallas running about running through 1985? It was rolling right through there. I'd well, imagine. I would think so. I don't. I'm not the world's foremost Dallas scholar. So yeah, I'm me neither. So my, my guess here, would but... be that he was new to acting. He was just trying to make, you know, he got himself an agent and they worked really hard and that's the best they could do. And they just kind of let it putter out because it, it wasn't worth the time and the effort. He needed a job. <laughs> well, he's doing a better job than Tom. And, and I don't know if that guy had any other jobs because I didn't look back, but um, <laughs> he did all right. I, I'd put him in another uh, menacing bad guy role somewhere oh, sure he was fine yeah there's plenty there's of nothing stuff. wrong with that performance he was offering to kill yeah. people for the boss so yeah so he's very loyal yeah i'll oh, take yeah. it here at the beginning emmett is still cowering behind these same crates and barrels from from the last minute still scanning the rim of the same canyon uh, while still every gun in the hideout is pointed at his back and he he starts to i was gonna say he quickly starts to try and talk his way out of this but he starts trying to talk his way out of this very quickly right like he, right his his speech patterns are are accelerated at this point and he said i wouldn't do that if i were you uh you're, you're gonna need every gun that posse when that posse gets here dawson uh, not pleased he says posse what the hell are you talking about <laughs> and i've you know had to watch this several times you know in prep for the for doing this and i've noticed that dawson tenses right away at the sound of the word posse but a bunch of the yeah. the people in the background immediately start like scanning the the, the rim <laughs> of the canyon and point their guns away and stuff, you know, very yeah. comically almost. It actually, if if you kind of watch the minute as a progression, it starts with everybody not paying any attention to to what Emmett's doing, and then as soon as he says "posse," you get a couple guys in the background start looking up at the rim, and then as you know, further on in the minute, you get some guys in the middle of the pack looking around, and it it's kind of kind of cute how it, it sort of spreads the dissension spreads amongst <laughs> the, the the ranks but you, you can see um dawson and the tall outlaw the, the sidekick baxter and holly all stay focused on emmett while the fear sort of creeps through the crowd and interestingly though it seems like dawson's gun may have been holstered at this point it it's kind of hard to tell but it he, he doesn't if it's not holstered he's not pointing it directly at him so it you know, maybe he's like, oh, they got him covered. I don't have to worry about it. Or maybe he's putting a little credence to, uh, or he's at least letting him talk at this point, right? Like he's, right. he's curious enough to try and find out what, what Emmett, what, what, what he's all about. So Emmett continues to explain very quickly. He says, my partner and me robbed the bank in Turley and headed out with a posse on our tails. My partner over there caught one ways back. And I think he kicked off while, while I was looking for this darn I think he said, damn. Yeah, he said, damn canyon. Damn canyon. You're Dawson, ain't you? And he turns around to offer his hand for a shake for only like a half second. Says, Tex LaRue. And I'm assuming that, I mean. That's the name he gave himself. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's the corniest name 
I think I've <laughs> ever heard. It is, but it's probably one that he's heard. Could be. Maybe it's someone that actually exists. There's sort of a, yeah. Well, I mean, he's he's starts this movie having just come off of serving five years in prison, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the name of someone else who's been, who he, he knew from prison. Or you he's know, still in he, he, Yeah, he's still there, so you wouldn't be able to find him and, and check on him, but it might be a name that people know of out and about so if you just throw it around yeah maybe yeah who knows yeah so he says he uh, used to ride with ryan morris you know him well andy sims told me there was a hideout here so i headed for it hope you don't mind dawson gets a a bit of a a close-up of of sort it's it's weird because it's not like you think a close-up is is the actor sort of looking down the the barrel of the camera in in a lot of senses but this that's not (laughs) what he's doing here he's sort of he looking down below the camera looking clearly looking down at Emmett but it's got this weird it makes him sort of scrunch up his face and you can't really see his eyes and it's yeah it's a strange camera choice but yeah it's a it, it's a very weird thing for him but you know it yeah. does it does bring out the fact that he's obviously got some sort of mixed ethnic blood hmm. he's got the he's got that's what gives him the interesting shaped eyes and the yeah the you know he, he's he's probably native if I, you know, hmm. if I had to guess, uh, you know, and he's got kind of the the bronze skin, even up here in the mountains. <laughs> well, at, at this point, he's he's trying to project. I mean, he's clearly angry. He's trying to project that calm, bad hombre demeanor, right? Like, it, oh, man, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a mess. I mean, he's uh, I, I've watched that on purpose several times through just to listen to him do that. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. in yeah. mind. You brought a posse to my best hideout, and you ask me if I mind? Mister, I don't know any of those names. You are about to die. <laughs> it's that that last line is is like, yeah, it's truly menacing, right? Yeah, because like it, it's completely it just, calm. <laughs> when he gives it just the right pause, right? And, it, yep. and offers no, there's not like, and if you don't tell me what I want to know, you're about, it's just like, no, you're, you're your about fate to die. Has already been, yeah. So, uh, do you notice in, in the close-up that the hat looks like a thoroughly distressed, dirty hat? Yeah, it's got this rabbit sort of wrap around it headband. Yeah, like, I noticed that, which seems like it'd be a good cold weather hat, but down in the in the low lower portions of the desert, I don't think I would want fur wrapped around my felt hat. <laughs> making, but anyway, no. But then his his coat is this lovely sort of brown houndstooth coat it's pretty immaculate <laughs> and the his kerchief looks like it was probably pressed that morning well uh i don't know if you noticed but uh you know you're the guy you called cookie and the one is all crouched mm, over the fire yeah. all that time he's obviously a very put upon individual uh yes. last minute uh, there's a, a point where you hear two really heaving breaths coming from like right in the <laughs> center and it's coming from him as he's he's laboring over this, I'm gonna guess that a this man does Dawson's laundry like every day. Sure. Yeah, and you know they use a, a real iron, the old sort where you had to wrap leather around the handle to actually use it, and and probably presses that stuff. It could be. And then of course they're bandits, so I'm sure that's a, a stolen jacket. <laughs> yeah, could be. I was sort of thinking that he's the he's the boss of it, right? So he doesn't. Yeah do any of the hard work that gets a man dirty and no, no. And, and rumples his, his clothes. He just stands there and it's the pyramid scheme of, of, right. of banditry, right? Like 
he takes a percentage off the top of everybody. This guy here, he's at the bottom of the pyramid, and he's it's <laughs> yeah. his personal manservant. You know, it's like the butler yeah. and the cook. Yes, and he's probably sentenced by a judge to be his cookie. Right? <laughs> I'm sure, he's also the latrine digger and all sorts of other oh, things. Yeah. Do you think that's what that wooden house is? Do you think that's the latrine? Uh maybe. Uh, I don't know. It looked kind of big for that, but. Uh, <laughs> It was like a double wide outhouse. Maybe. Yeah, I thought that was like Dawson's personal sanctuary. He's the only one that gets walls. Yeah. Well, there definitely weren't enough spots between that little structure and the two tents for 20 men to sleep. So, right. I, I, bunking down with the horses, I guess, right? No. So. You know, I'm sure there's more, more fire pits than you sleep around those, but still. Yeah, probably. But yeah, after, after Dawson says, you're about to die, the, the camera jumps back. To, this is another weird camera choice. It, it, it kind of jumps to a spot right on the crates right in front of Emmett so that if Emmett were facing front, it would be a nice close-up of him. But basically, you get the back of Emmett's head. Yeah. He's turned around to like make placating gestures at Dawson. Yeah, yeah. And so that's why we put the camera right where his face had been facing. So he turns away from it immediately. It's great. When you pause it and you look at it, you're like, that's a weird shot. But it actually is an effective bit of action, right? Like you, you're not like looking at his sappy fault, which you know is like falsely sincere right. speech. You, you see him like hurriedly turn around to deliver this. And you know, he puts a hand up and he's sort of as if he were a crossing guard only instead of stopping the children, he's, he's stopping his, the bullets from, from flying into him. Right. So, right. Um, but he's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. You don't believe me. Ask them to there. And he gestures at, at Baxter and Holly and, uh, and continues on. He says, they, they saw me and my pal in Turley before we did the job. So he's sowing a little bit of believability into his story. And, you know, after he does that, he, he turns back to scanning the ridge and he's looking for this mythical posse and get a nice two shot of Baxter and Holly. And, and they Holly is clearly relieved to have something to do with his hands at this point. Right. He's, mm. he's got a gun to point at him. <laughs> Baxter makes a very sincere look at, at Dawson. He's he's says, I seen him there, all right. I don't know anything about it, no bank job. And Dawson you get a real nice close up back at Dawson and he's it the camera's in the same spot as if previously where he was looking at Emmett, except he's now looking over to his right at Baxter, and he gets a real slow turn looking back away from Baxter back to back to Emmett. He's got that same steely cool face going on and it you know it kind of makes you wonder is death still imminent for Emmett? <laughs> Tune in next up. No, sorry. No. no Didn't it, quite it, make just, it, dude. <laughs> no, no, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dawson then says to him, if you took the bank and Turley, where's the money? And then we jump back to Emmett's close-up camera, except he's actually facing it this time, which is nice. Scanning the ridge still, maybe a little more, I don't know, emphatically, yeah. more quickly. He's being, he, I call it, he's being squirrely. I guess he's just yes. trying to agitate everyone around him into looking where he's looking. Yeah, he's he's trying to up the panic a little bit. And you know, he's now he's going to do that verbally. He says, you know, I'd get down if I were you. They might be up there right now. And he's deliberately not answering the question which Dawson immediately picks up on <laughs> yeah. 
do you think he's suspicious that this whole thing is a lie or is he i think he's criminal looking to take advantage he's looking at this as no he's yeah he's hoping there's money to take but yeah yeah, he's he's looking at like okay now you're not just a liar but you also didn't get the money he's assuming that the bank job part is real and then he's Ah, assuming that the posse part might actually be real but the fake names that he gave trying to work his way in here, hoping to find someone to save his skin. Right. Yeah. Is not going to pay off because I mean, and it said that he gets this mildly amused look on his face before he yeah. says this last line of the minute. And I'm like, you really shouldn't be knowing what I know. I know he shouldn't be half amused about this at all. Right. Right. Yeah. But right now he's, he's obviously gone, man, this guy's a freaking loser. <laughs> And he lets out a little bit of a chuckle, right? As he said, yep. no money, no, no money. money. Yeah. Right. So, and that's, that's sort of where our, our minute here ends. He's, uh, suspicious for sure. Disappointed completely. Right. And, uh, it, Emmett's plan doesn't really seem to be going so well at this point. No, it does it. No, but Dawson is slightly amused and, you know, you could tell he's, He's taking solace in the fact that he's at least going to get to kill this weirdo here in a minute. True. Well, and, and maybe this is part of Emmett's plan, right? I mean, he's he's gotten to this point and he's been told he's about to die and he's not dead yet. No one shot at him. So well, maybe keep it's going, going okay. So you yeah. think he thought of all of this ahead of time or you think he's still freestyling? <laughs> I Because he's pretending to be... A much worse actor than the person who's playing him is. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he he knew the basics of the story that he was going to throw out. Right. Like we we robbed the bank. Those guys saw us. That's why right. I can. That's why I can take refuge here because I am one of you. I, so. I uh, it makes me wonder how did he ID those guys from that distance? Was he able to see them that clearly from the 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 uh, the cliff edge? Cause if, I think so, yeah. Because if you could see them that clearly, then those guys gotta know that the that there's people up top. I mean, I, I would think so. If you can make out facial features, then you would see, you know, a moron with his hat on and his shiny gun, and yeah, and to to have a box canyon hideout and not have anybody up on either ridge that can see both ridges seems yeah. like a bad idea. Yeah, and I I know they call it he calls it his best hideout. Which also kind of calls into question his his reason and 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 judgment as a leader of bandits. Yeah, no, I, I mean I, it seems like a place where you could hide things, but you can't have like activity going on. You know, if you got people there, they're just trapped. Maybe they've got like a headquarters and a hideout, right? Like this, yeah. is the safe house. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's it's you're, his you're right. best hideout, meaning he has a string of them. Yeah, I I would think that's true of any sort of roving banditry. You know, yeah. you've got uh, more than one hideout, I would think. Yeah, place to keep out of the wind. I mean, when you're up in the mountains like that, high desert wind is going to be bad. Maybe that's what he means. This is my most comfortable hideout. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, one wooden structure and two tents doesn't sound like much. You know, maybe we're giving him too much credit as a as a uh, as an outlaw, as yeah. an outlaw leader. Just because the actor himself is is cool and interesting doesn't mean that his character <laughs> has to be as cool or interesting. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Oh, well. I guess we poked the hole in that cowboy balloon. 
Yeah, well, I think leather balloons are going to be a little heavy to, to fly, so. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, anyway. But yeah, that's that's sort of where we end for for Tuesday. Anything else you want to uh, chuck down into the canyon? Mm-hmm. I don't seem to think see anything else here. You know, it, it's a... Uh, it's one of those minutes that uh, a lot of the time is taken up with, you know, actual blocking, you know, Emmett getting down into the canyon, riding the horses in, running up into there. I mean, fully half this minute has no actual like plot content or dialogue. So it's it's hard to come up with a lot more. to. Yeah. Nothing new is introduced. Get a lot of horsing around. Get a lot of yeah. cocking. Yep. But, you know, that stuff had already been happening before, so we're not going to really get into that much. I mean, if it wasn't for Dawson being a steely-eyed son of a bitch, we would have very little to talk about. Like, if you have, if you, if you don't know who we're talking about from the description of, of his roles or our spot-on impressions of his voice, <laughs> once you hear his actual voice, you'll, you'll know exactly who we're talking about. His, his yeah. voice is, is pretty unmistakable. There's only one dude in the world who's ever made that voice. And the only modern thing I can think of that even kind of matches the timbre slightly is Seth Rogen's laugh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's got the same, it's in the same register. It's got the same kind of weird grating that's obviously, you know, the, from constricting the throat to get the that noise. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, that's still just a pale comparison. So somebody out there make a super cut of, uh, you know, James Gammon being James Gammon and and uh, Seth Rogen laughing at him, and we'll we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll listen to it and, and be a judges. So you can you can find us at edgeoftomorrowminute.com for past, present, future episodes, and then you know the ones that we do over and over again because it's a time loop. Um, or you can please don't find... scare people away yet. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, it's a great podcast. We yeah, just, but, just... but we don't do the episodes over and over again. No, you're right. We we. Talk about the same thing all the time in every episode, though. Well, yeah, that's because the movie does it. Oh, okay. Well, that's someone else's fault. That, that's true. I know whose fault it is. It's Tom Cruise's fault. Tom Cruise's fault. Somebody, so, ought, somebody ought to kill that it, guy. Yeah. yeah. If anybody's got a grudge against Tom Cruise, you need to come listen to our minutes. Yes. Because, uh, yeah, we enjoy every last death of Tom Cruise. It's cathartic, really. <laughs> or if you're into something a little more family-friendly, you can come... Find the Silverado podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play, or at the main site, SilveradoMinute.com. There's the social media all over the place. It's, you know, ruining society, but come find us there <laughs> at the Midnight Star, the Silverado Minute Listener's Saloon on Facebook, and on Twitter at SilveradoMXM. Y'all come back now, yeah? Yeah.